Proto fam, before we start, we want to thank our sponsors at FanDuel. You want to know the only thing better than winning? It's winning cold, hard cash. And the best way to play fantasy football and win is with FanDuel. From double-ups to giant tournaments and private contests, there are a million ways to win every single week. And if you sign up at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy or... Click on the link on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. FanDuel will match 20% of your first deposit with your first bet up to $500. FanDuel is just handing out money for you to play with. Plus, Brodo has you covered with optimizer lineups and weekly DFS articles on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. We'll help you come out on top. Sign up today, play some lineups, and win some cash. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It's part Or should I say, usually we say part We make it French. But today, we're going to go Spanish. We're going Mex- Mexican to be ex- to be exact, but not like Mexican is not a language. But we're going Mexican mm. anyway, like like <laughs> like the greatest taco in the, in in the world. We're going Mexican. Santiago Casanova, part dos, is in the house. There we go. What up, Cass? How you doing? I like dos. I like it. I like it. Part dos. We out here. All right. So for those of you who don't know, Cass, he is the brother from another mother. Of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, the fourth member of Brodo Fantasy, the 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 quartet that is Brodo Fantasy, and he's also known uh, in our circles as the Math Magician. Uh, he is the 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 mastermind behind the coding for the app. He is the mastermind behind some of the stats. He is the mastermind behind uh, all. You could find a bunch of his math mathematics work about fantasy football on Twitter. At Brodo FF's uh, Casanova, one of the better follows on Twitter, if I must say so myself. And uh, yeah, it, people should know you already, though, if they're listening to this. I feel like hope so. Hope so. I'm, uh, I feel <laughs> like I'm part of the Brodo universe now. Oh yeah, you're you're like uh, you're you're right in the Brodo universe. You are you are the son of the Brodo universe. Oh, I like that. <laughs> uh, I like that. Michael, 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 Michael's texting over here. What do you think? Just because I'm talking to Cassie, you, you don't have to pay attention. I'm actually uh, replying to a tweet, so fuck off. <laughs> That's not any better. <laughs> um, anyway. Bro, so, I just did the first half of these pods a whole lot of talking. I was telling Tim before this podcast, I'm glad Cass is coming on to let me rest my mouth a little bit. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> um, Texans at Dolphins, smooth transition, is our first game. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with gut feeling again, guys. Uh, gut feeling and some numbers to back it up. I think Tua has not only a good game, I think he has a huge game. I think Tua is an easy quarterback one this week. Um, there's two reasons why I think so. Number one, he's playing the Texans, which is the most important reason. Number two is that the rumors that have been circulating around Tua involve the Texans. Uh, he's been asked about the Ooh. rumors. He knows about the rumors. He's keeping track of the rumors. He says he's not, like, hurt by them. Yeah, bullshit. He's a human being. Um, And we've seen Tua come up in the clutch before in Alabama. I think that this is one of those games where Tua's going to kind of go crazy. And uh, we're going to get a lot of fantasy points from the Dolphins. And now I do do completely 
like understand that there could be a situation where these are two sucky teams that both suck, so therefore the game's going to suck, and so it will suck for fantasy. That is in the realm of possibilities. But I also think that Tua is going to play well. I think Mike Kosicki, who the Texans are the second-best matchup uh, according to points over average um, for the tight end, I think he excels. I think Devontae Parker, he's been a top 18 wide receiver, wide receiver the last two weeks. I think that continues. Jalen Waddell, 12 targets last week. He's going to continue to get peppered. I think that the Dolphins have a lot of fantasy points in them. Miles Gaskin is going to throw the is going to touch the ball 15 times, and he's going against a Texans team that let the running back score all over them. I know there's I know the possibility that all of those guys play well is slim, but I think there's a chance all those guys play well. So I'm willing to start all of them and kind of ride that wave. Let's start with Cass, um, since Michael wants to rest his mouth over there. Um, Cass. What do you think about the Dolphins? You know what? The Texans are a tricky matchup for wide receivers because they have been so bad this season that teams don't have to catch up on them. So they start running the ball, running the ball, and and, and that's bad for wide receivers because they don't get a lot of volume. In fact, they're uh, 27th in points over average to the wide receiver. Like They look what like one of the tougher matchups uh, for wide receivers in fantasy when, in fact, it's not that they're good but they suck so much that they become a bad matchup. So that worries me a little bit. On the other hand, for tight ends, Mike Gesicki is going to have a field day. He's been tearing it up. Uh, even last Turn week, up. he had a very tough matchup with it. Yeah, he really has. Like last week, he got a very tough match against Buffalo, and he still finished as a tight end one. And before that, he was tight end two and tight end three. He's tight end four on the season. So against Houston, he's going to eat. And I, I like the the two hour redemption arc you're drawing here because I really feel bad for him. Like to be honest, his his team's just throwing him under the bus, and that that sucks for him. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, the latest. Yeah, sup- I'm, I'm firing Gesicki. The latest report was that they had a deal in place, like a deal's in place, but they yeah, just don't want to. They man. just don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love me some Devonte Parker this week though. Yeah. He's seen at least seven targets in every single game he's been active this year. Unfortunately, he's been injured a lot, but he's back. I mean, he's he's practicing on a limited basis, but that's probably just to, you know, <clears throat> keep him healthy. Uh, the Houston Texans are not a scary defense by any means. The reason opposing wide receivers haven't really had ginormous games against them generally is because opposing wide receivers haven't had to because they're a tar- terrible team. We saw last week when the Rams actually decided – you know what, let's throw to our wide receivers. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods both had very nice fantasy days. Um, Devontae Parker has been very solid this year, one healthy, and no one on Houston is a scary matchup for Devontae Parker. And I think this is a spot where Miami Dolphins overall aren't a very good team, just like Houston. Tyrod Taylor returns, so maybe the uh, Houston offense isn't as abysmal and keeps them a little closer than they would be with Davis Mills. So I'm all aboard the Devontae Parker train. I do think that... Tyrod Taylor being back is a desperation kind of streaming option at quarterback. I think that he's going to run a lot. Mm. And the Dolphins have been terrible against quarterbacks. In fact, they've been terrible against most positions. They're a top 10 matchup uh, against the quarterback, running back, and uh, the wide receiver. Uh, If you you are looking at points over average, they are the worst matchup. uh, Excuse me, the best matchup for wide receivers, and Brandon Cooks has been pretty consistent considering the team he's on. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's back. Brandon Cooks had a big game with Tyrod Taylor earlier in the season. 
I think Brandon Cooks gets a big upgrade in this one, and I think it's a it's a good matchup for Brandon Cooks. I'm 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 not starting Nico mm. Collins or going crazy or anything like that. Cass, how do you feel about these pass catchers uh, for the Texans? I mean, Brandon Cooks is he has proven time and time again that he's QB proof. Uh, I, I ranked him, I think, wide receiver 14 first week he had with Davis Mills. I got asked in the Patreon, like, hey, why do you have him wide receiver 14? He's uh, got this like rookie who has never had a game, whatever. But he just produces, gets a ton of targets, just goes out and balls out. And, and that's all you want from a wide receiver. Like, he's the perfect wide receiver two for fantasy because he never disappoints. I, I'm, I'm all aboard starting Brandon Cooks every week, not just this week. Michael, how do you feel about these running backs? Because you mentioned in the past, like, these running backs, dude, everyone was like, oh, it's going to be David Johnson. Oh, no, it's going to be Philip Lindsay. It ended up being Rex Burkhead. And Scotty Phillips. And Scotty doesn't know. I don't know who Scotty is. I've never heard of Scotty Phillips, Scotty <laughs> Phillips before this game. Uh, to be honest with you. And then he goes and, and you know, gets 15 snaps and touches the ball five times. Like He actually led the team in carries. He had the most carries on the team. Just that Rex Burkhead fell in the end zone. This is a great matchup for running backs. I just, no, I, I'm no, no way. Yeah, I mean, Rex Burkhead is definitely a desperation heave. Um, if I had to choose one of these running backs, though, I'm going to go based off of last week because why wouldn't you? Um, overall, and Rex Burkett had four rushes and four targets, found the end zone, ended up with 12 and a half half VPR fantasy points. It's a better matchup this week against Miami. If it's going to be a four-headed backfield, obviously you're not going to really want any part of it, but Rex Burkett does seem to be the uh, the lead of these guys for whatever reason. Uh, I want to pull at Tim here and ask you a question, Mike. Shoot. Who do you start, Brandon Bolden or uh, Rex Burkett? I actually would rather start Rex Burkhead. What? Interesting. Yeah, but that's because Michael is not is not uh, thinking clearly. I'm you want to make a bet, Tim? Brandon Bolden versus Ooh. Rex Burkhead, yeah. Yes, yes. You want in on this bet, Cass? <laughs> <laughs> that's the ugliest bet I've ever heard, man. <laughs> uh, anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? I don't believe so. Yeah. Let's go on to the next game as yeah. Michael marks down the bet that I'm about to win. Chargers at Eagles. Um, this is an interesting one because the Chargers have been trash recently. Uh, Justin Herbert is struggling this year, and we see that we saw that last year. He was all about throwing the deep ball. He hasn't really been about throwing the deep ball this year, and he's kind of paid the price for that. And it's, it's interesting to see how they're deploying the talent that is Justin Herbert this year. Um, and he's playing an Eagles team who, you know, this is it. You hear the Eagles and you hear bad matchup, but they've been great against quarterbacks and they've been great against wide receivers. Where they've been really struggling is against the running back and the tight end. So, is this another Mike Williams shutdown game? Is this another Justin Herbert, oh, he's, he's costing me another week type game? Or do you think they bounce back? Cass, what do you think? I mean, like you said, the Eagles are not an easy matchup like people paint them to be. And, and uh, this is this is not great for Herbert's comeback and ball out like we wanted to. Uh, even more so, uh, Keenan Allen out-targeted Mike Williams last week by a, by a hefty amount, like even double, more than double his targets. So the Mike Williams strain is, is, is slowing down. If I'm in a situation, I'm probably starting Herbert because – Unless you have a very, very good option to to substitute, which 
you probably don't unless you're one of those people that are two top QBs. So you have to start him most of the time. And I'm starting Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, eh, eh, don't love it. Depends on who else I have. It sounds sounds ugly uh, given the start of the season. But I, I don't want to start him against the, this good Eagles defense with a struggling Herbert. That's just my take on it. Interesting. Michael, how do you feel about Mike Williams? Mike Williams, I think I don't think it's um, surprising that the downturn in production coincides with like an injury that he was dealing with. Look, we're talking about a guy who is being ranked as the wide receiver one after five weeks. A couple down games sandwiching a bye isn't going to completely turn me away from him. I'm still going to play him as a wide receiver two this week against Philly, even though it's uh, <clears throat> not an ideal match for uh, – for Mike Williams, as Cass was pointing out, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Um, Justin Herbert is coming off an atrocious game. He's been a little more inconsistent, as you pointed out to him this season. But I'm just I I trust the um, the Chargers offense overall um, against Philly in what seems like a bad fantasy matchup. I just like I'm, I'm going to start Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert. I'm not. I'm not going to shy away from those guys. Austin Eckler has the best matchup. The Eagles, the seventh best matchup according to points over average, and Jared Cook also looks to have a good matchup. Almost 14 points allowed overall to the Eagles. Uh, that's 27 points to the tight ends. What I say to the Eagles? He said to the Eagles to, to the, the tight the Eagles. ends. Excuse He's me. just so damn touchdown dependent. It makes him very scary to start week to week. Who oh, Cook? Cook. Yeah. Mm, yeah. He also had one of his bone. I mean, all tight ends are. Yeah, all tight ends yeah. are. This it's, it's, it's true. This is true. this is a good matchup if you're gonna if you're gonna have one. So yeah, you have to chase the good matchups where they could get uh, a down somehow. Uh, let's go over to the Eagles side. Jalen Hurts. Jason was right. Jason said Jason was lo- in love with Jalen Hurts. Number one fan. He said this is the first time that he was really like scared of Jalen Hurts because of exactly what happened. They got up early, and he didn't have to run to get them back in the game. The Chargers, you could be scared for a different reason. They've been phenomenal against the quarterback and the wide receiver. The Chargers are the third-best team against the quarterback, according to points over average, and the number one hardest team against the wide receiver, 31.8 points under average, only 19 total points allowed for the Chargers. That is obviously the best mark in the league. So these wide receivers who are already questionable, you're not really loving them. Where does that leave you with Jalen Hurts? Um, Cass, why don't you tell us? Just before anything, I just want to clarify, you're probably starting Mike Williams. I started to get too cute there. <laughs> Start Mike Williams. Uh, it's, it's, it's not that, that difficult. But um, Jalen Hurts... We've seen him get good games fantasy-wise when he had terrible games in real life. So he does have that saving grace of the rushing game that puts up points even when he doesn't deserve them, quote-unquote. Uh, for example, I in a couple of leagues, I pivoted to Taysom Hill, and I'm probably starting Taysom Hill over Jalen Hurts, what I can. You, crazy, you can't? Jalen Hurts is never a... Oh, come on. I mean, against Atlanta... Dude, uh, look, I, I have that yeah. exact, I have that exact choice to make, and I'm on the fence. Jalen Hurts, yeah, I did stuff. Seven QB one performances to start the season. I am 1,000 percent starting him without hesitation in every single league that I roster him, just like I have the entire yeah. season. You're probably starting him because, like I said, he he always pulls out some magical points, even he has a terrible game. However, 
if I do have that special option, I am going with, with Taysom Hill, probably. Like, I'm still thinking about it, but that's like the only one I would probably consider. Maybe, I mean, nah, yeah, you're starting uh, Jalen Hurts most of the time because he gets magical points. That that That's it. That's his magic. That's a fantasy Konami code, like some call it. Bold, bold strategy. Cast coming like out it. here with the gigantic ball sack balls bull strategy I, I, I love how it. i roll you know that. Um, what about this this eagles running game that all of a sudden was a no. thing yeah i mean if you don't have miles sanders you're starting running back then that's when you run the ball heavily strong i mean non-stop <laughs> it was game script i know it was game script but it was still hilarious but even before it was game script boston scott was getting all the work like he had I think nine carries yeah, or so, so dumb, in the man. first quarter before the game was out of hand. He had two rushing touchdowns. Jordan Howard, two rushing touchdowns. Kenneth Gainwell didn't get his second touch till the fourth quarter when they were up by like 40 points or 30 points. I mean, it <laughs> ended up just being like Miles Sanders goes down. Let's lose Kenneth. Let's use Kenneth Gainwell less. I, I didn't understand any of it, but they put up 44 points. A lot of it has to do with the fact they were playing the Detroit Lions, but if they don't think that if Nick Sirianni doesn't think that and just thinks like, wow, look, we put up 44 points with this team and this roster. Let's do it again this week. Then I think Boston Scott's going to be a solid, uh, low end RB two flex option type of play. I'm still not going to chase it. This is certainly a, a good matchup for opposing running backs typically against, um, the chargers. But this is also a game that I could see Philly trailing and having to lead to go back into one of those Jalen Hurts throws 35-plus times games. Um, but, like, like for instance, Jordan Howard. I'm not going to chase Jordan Howard this week after the two touchdowns last week. I think that's just Hail Mary type stuff. But Boston Scott, I do think, ends up being a solid play as a flex option or low-end RB2 if you need to. Jordan Howard or Adrian Peterson? I, I still want to figure out wow. if AP's going to play or not. Like, they haven't announced anything, really. All they said was that they signed him, and I'm not even sure if he's going to be active the first week. We'll see. If he's active, then I'm going AP over Howard. We'll see. We'll see. Um, the Eagles' wide receiving options are not attractive in this game to me, um, for sure. Besides the tight end, Dallas Goddard. Uh, this is a good matchup for Dallas Goddard. Uh, Dallas Goddard's been getting the work since Zach Ertz has been out. He just hasn't been putting up the great fantasy points. So how do you feel about Dallas Goddard this week, Cass? Real quick, though, to not to cut you off, but... Not, to, quick, not to cut you off, but, I'm, real but quick, I, here I am cutting you off. A real quick collective few, because Jonathan Taylor is in to start the second half. So not a significant injury. This is why you cut Taylor. me off. Yeah, that's a that's big news. Real big <laughs> not, news. Not for the people listening. It's got to be news tomorrow. It's big news, <laughs> yeah. for, it's big news for you and Cass, all right? I care about you guys. You my brother. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, though. Now, go ahead, Cass. You want to hear something crazy, though? Shoot. Just getting back on track. <laughs> Dallas Goddard had a, a 43.8% target share last week wow. for the Eagles. Holy shit. That is absolutely insane. I mean, the 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 wide receivers was just, like, terrible. Uh, Watkins got two targets. Smith got three targets. Rager got two targets. And then he had uh, Dallas Goddard with seven targets. Just Pairing it up. And I, like Tim said, this is a good matchup for tight ends. I do like Goddard as an option because he's one of those that may not be totally TD dependent if he's getting these types of targets. I mean, of course, I don't expect another 40-plus percent performance from him, but uh, five to seven targets is, is still very decent for a, a tight end option, and maybe you don't depend on a touchdown to, to have a, a decent game from him. 
It will be interesting. I'm I'm starting Dallas Goddard. I'm, I'm with some confidence in a few leagues. Um, I I picked up Dallas Goddard off the waivers in one league. That was that was beautiful. Um, the pass catchers, Michael. Any any thoughts on about the pass catchers? At this point, with the pass catchers, they're not very trustworthy, obviously. Um, but Devontae Smith is clearly the pass catcher to trust if you're going to. And even he has been very up and down this season. Um, he just went one for 15 against Detroit, obviously. Like Cass said, it was very uh, game scripted. And Dallas Goddard, like he had seven targets, you said, Cass. And that was 40 plus percent of the target share. Like Jalen Hurts did not have to throw much at all last week. That's just how it went. But Devontae Smith now has three straight games in single digits. He's merely a flex play in one of the most difficult matchups you can get against the Los Angeles Chargers. I think that's about it. Like, Dallas Goddard is really the only main pass-catching option that I would say is a must-start. Anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? No, we good. Let's go on to the Packers at the Chiefs. Oof, This game has taken on a quite different feel to it. Uh, because Aaron Rodgers, the inoculated, or the, what did he say, immun- immunized, um, uh, immunized, immunized. The, <laughs> the immunized one, uh, Aaron Rodgers has been uh, immunized, his ass on the bench, and he has COVID, and he's out, so he's not going to be able to be even in the practice facility for at least 10 days. This puts Jordan Love in the spotlight. Welcome to the spotlight, Jordan Love. Um, he's doing it against a defense that has been susceptible, but Cass... Uh, pointed this out, and it's been showing its head in the last few weeks that in the early going, Kansas City's really, really bad defense had a lot to do with the fact that they were playing really, really, really good quarterbacks. And their defense has been better as of late, but they're still a positive matchup. Uh, It's interesting because, you know, you have Devontae Adams, you have Alan Lazard, you have Aaron Jones. These are guys that make a difference in your fantasy lineup. Um so, how are we feeling about the Jordan Love-led Packers against, you know, not an easy matchup, but also not the hardest? Michael, why don't we start with you this time, just since uh, we started with Cass last time. Yeah, um, the Packers, man, we could have had Rodgers-Mahomes, like, showdown. Obviously, the Chiefs have been struggling, but still, that would have been a ton of fun. But the immunized <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is now out. <laughs> Man, anyone, again, this this goes back to the, I like to say, when people make declarations about players that haven't really played, anyone who says they have any idea how Jordan Love is going to play is lying. Like, he looked good in the preseason, and um, he played, uh, like, a drive against New Orleans week one and made some good passes. But we're also talking about a guy who everyone decided was going to be a bust right when he was drafted. Like, there's, it's very up and down when it comes to Jordan Love. Um and people judging if he's supposed to be good or not. And now he gets Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and that defense that has been better of late. I think it's impossible to start Jordan Love. Like that that would take a lot of balls. Maybe in a two in a two quarterback league, you take the chance if you're like a big underdog or something and you just want to chase the points, kinda of like a, a Mike White last week. Maybe he just puts it together. Um but otherwise it would be very hard to trust um, Jordan Love. And then you got Devontae Adams and company. Devontae Adams has returned. He's back in the building, according to uh, LaFleur. So he's going to play. And Devontae Adams has had a tremendous season. He um, He's an absolute monster. T- top of the 
very highly rated and true throw value. He's just going to be a complete monster every time he's on the field because he's Devontae Adams, especially now Robert Tunyon out, um, maybe even a, a target or two more for Devontae Adams. But I don't see how you could trust anyone else. Like the, Alan Lazard was coming into his own the last couple of weeks before COVID when he had to miss the game. He had 10.5 and 14.5 PPR fantasy points in back-to-back weeks and was getting targeted more and seeing more tar- and seeing more uh, red zone action. But MVS is supposed to come back as well, and we just you just don't know what to expect from Jordan Love. I'm starting Devontae Adams and I'm starting Aaron Jones, but I'm I think their ceilings are certainly lower. Like I don't think this helps Aaron Jones. I want Aaron Jones to have a better quarterback. It never helps a running back when a quarterback is worse because the offense is worse, particularly one that is dependent on catching passes. Yeah, Aaron Jones is also a big part of the passing game. So I mean, I'm starting these guys. I immediately lowered them in my rankings a little bit. Um, they're not like no brainer high end running backs and wide receiver in my like I'm not I don't I'm not gonna have Devontae Adams in my top five wide receivers. I'm not gonna have Aaron Jones in my top five running backs. I'm gonna have them in the top ten, likely, but they certainly it becomes a lot more concerning with Jordan Love at QB rather than Aaron Rodgers because you gotta you gotta know that their ceiling is lower if Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback. I mean, uh, yeah, very very yeah. obvious if that's yeah. the case. Um what what about AJ Dillon, Cass? Do you think he has any flex appeal in this game? I mean, sure, but I'm coming from a place where I'm struggling running back in, in a bunch of leagues. So I I would be lucky to start AJ Dillon, and I'm sure a lot of people are are forced into starting AJ Dillon. And in that sense, he's not a bad option, but he's not someone who really want to start. It wasn't two weeks ago when he had a 20% target share. I mean, sorry, snap share. And that's not what you want. You want your running backs on the field so they can at least catch a, a check down or, or whatever, even if it's not a designed play for them. You want them to be on the field to catch those check downs that are make half PPR or PPR running backs valuable. And if he's spending a lot of time on the bench, he's not very useful. So if you're struggling for running back, he's a decent option and I would be happy to start him. But someone you want to start if that makes sense. On the other side... It, the Packers have not been a good defense so far this year. According to points over average, they've allowed more points than average to every player, to, to overall, to every position. So they're a good above-average matchup to every position, um, which is exactly what the doctor ordered for Kansas City. They have been uh, horrible of late. So the question is, Michael, let's start with you on this one. Patrick Mahomes, he's been horrible. <laughs> what's the what's the deal? Yeah, I was. I mean, I was watching that game Monday night against the Giants and that Chiefs offense. I don't really know what they're doing. Patrick Mahomes threw another interception. Um, it was a it was a tip pass in the end zone. The interception, which was not really his fault, but it was also just a bad play in general. This is not what we expect from Patrick Mahomes. But look, back to back awful. Games from him, 8.74, and then 15 fantasy points. But prior to that, he was over 20 fantasy points every single week. I'm starting him against Green Bay. Like, I'm just, I'm right back into the well with the Kansas City Chiefs offense. If it happens a third time, then I'll start getting more concerned. But for now, like, I'm starting Patrick Mahomes. I'm starting Travis Kelsey. I'm starting Tyreek Hill. And I'm starting Darrell Williams. Even Derek Gore stole work and stole a touchdown. But Derek, Darren, Darrell Williams was still the, the RB1 on that team. He still got the pass-catching work. 
Like, I'm still starting Daryl Williams as an RB2 this week, and I'm, I just want Travis Kelsey to do something. That's now, like I, uh, I tweeted um, during a Monday night game, this is like the first time ever that Travis Kelsey has had a red performance on the game log on the fantasy, uh, the Broto app, in two of five games. Like, this is the first time that's ever happened. Like, he completely shit the bet against the Giants. Yeah. And the Packers have been super susceptible to the tight end. So if he doesn't play well in this game, something's up. Yeah. I mean, sign me up for Travis Kelsey this week in a, a, for a bounce-back performance because, I mean, even prior to last week, you, no one saw last week coming. Um, he was having a solid season, even if it wasn't the explosive-type seasons we've seen in the past. A lot of people didn't know who the hell Derek Gore was last week, uh, and then he got the bulk of the carries to start the game. Daryl Williams still had a pretty decent fantasy game, even when with with Derek Gore. Now, though, the the waters is murkier. Uh, Cass, how are you feeling about Derek Gore this this week and Daryl Williams? How do you feel about this backfield? Man, uh, I just struggle with running backs. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, <laughs> Especially in these types of backfields, like I think we have a very similar situation to the one uh, with the Eagles, where we were promised a, a starter and then they switched it up on us, like with Kenny Gainwell and now with the the emergence of Derek Gore. And just from just watching the game, I liked the way Derek Gore played. So I don't know how much of that uh, backfield is gonna stay in one person. I think it's gonna be a pretty even split going forward. So none of these guys are really useful for fantasy, in my opinion. Mm, interesting, interesting. Michael, how do you feel about that backfield? I'm starting Daryl Williams. I was gonna, I, I was, I'm as willing an RB too. I'm kind of willing to start both these guys. Daryl Williams got a, got the touchdowns, bro. Derek Gore. I'm not interested in Derek Gore. I'm not starting him. I don't understand. What, he had one good drive where he got more than double his work, and they kept him in because he had a good drive. In the second half, when it was close, it was all Daryl Williams. I'm not interested in Derek Gore. It's a good story. Came out of nowhere. He didn't get any pass catching work. I'm just I'm not chasing Derek Gore. He doubled the Daryl Williams carries though. Like uh he had Daryl Williams had five, Derek Gore had eleven. Are you not worried about that? I'm worried about that. I mean, but Daryl like we we've said it several times that the uh that targets are more important than um rushes in the NFL and Daryl Williams had the six targets and Daryl Williams I'm not entirely sure what you're Daryl Williams had 13 rushes last week. Maybe you're looking at like first half carries or something, but Daryl Williams had 13 rushes. I was looking at week seven. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will Never tell mind you, everything I just said. <laughs> I will tell you this, though. A running back on a high powered offense like that in a game where there's no Aaron Rodgers, so we could see a situation where it gets out of hand pretty quickly, especially because they need. You know they need to to bounce back in a big way. That that that's what we could be we could be looking at some running out the clock game script kind of situation if Jordan Love completely shits the bed. Um, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? No, I about, think we're good. You want to talk about any Mason Crosby? <laughs> no Mason, no Mason. I'm good on Mason Crosby. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's go on to our next game: the Cardinals at the 49ers. Uh, this one's an interesting one because J.J. Watt is no longer in the picture. So this is a very different defense. Kyler Murray is playing on a bum ankle. How does that affect him? Might not play, too. It's might not still, play. Uh, still up in the air. DeAndre Hopkins, he's got a hamstring issue. He might not play. 
AJ Green might not play. Trending towards not playing. Christian Kirk is trending towards not playing. You got a lot of situations going on, a lot of injuries in Arizona right now. How do you consolidate this? For me, I think Rondell Moore has some potential in this game, uh, considering that almost everybody else is hurt. Uh, Michael, let's start with you. How do you feel about the pass catching options and Kyler Murray, the guy who is going to throw in the passes? Yeah, this is a this is tough. Um recording on a Thursday with Kyler Murray and company because we don't know if Kyler Murray's gonna play. And if he doesn't play, huge downgrade to all, easily. Um I don't think that's in question, similar to Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, except worse, in my opinion. Um But look, against the 49ers defense, <clears throat> they have not been as imposing as they have been in the past this season. The 49ers defense has had those years of straight up beast but like this year especially against the quarterbacks surprisingly first in points over average against opposing quarterbacks 46.7 percent of the points over average for the 49ers defense so this was a what doesn't seem like it actually an absolutely tremendous matchup for Kyler Murray which is just unfortunate that he's dealing with an injury and even if he does play he'll likely be limited and he's not running much to begin with like he's averaging less than 20 yards rushing per game this season. He only has 147 rushing yards this year. He had 819 last year and 11 rushing touchdowns. He was basically an RB2 and a QB1, which is why he was lighting the world on fire. And that just hasn't been the case this season, which has led to more down games and a lot less ginormous games. Like the first two games of the year, he put up 34 and a half and 35 and a half. Since then, 19, 22, 13, 25, 22, 11. Like, it's still a QB1 weekly, but the floor has really gotten lower, and the ceiling has also dropped. Um, and with the injury, you got to think he's not going to run as much either. So, I mean, if you have Kyler Murray you're, and he's healthy, you're likely still starting him, but he's no longer that top three must-start option every week, um, I think. like he's, I, I, he, I think he's going to be more of a uh, low-end QB1 option, maybe – mid QB one option if he throws some touchdowns, but it really sucks that he's not the Kyler Murray of last year using his legs like he was anymore. Remember when Michael said he was tired of talking? <laughs> um <laughs> uh what do you think, Cass? Because I'm concerned with Kyler Murray. For me personally, I I traded Kyler Murray in, in my main league like two weeks ago in a package for Nick Chubb. That was one of the best things I've ever done in my life, I think. Um I'm nervous about Kyler Murray he already wasn't rushing. Now he's definitely not going to rush. And when he got hobbled last year, you saw what happened. DeAndre Hopkins, too, is on a bum ankle. So, I mean, I really want to hear your, I mean, a bum hamstring. I want to hear your thoughts about Rondell Moore and what you think he could do this week. Um, I mean, I, I saw on Twitter someone pointed out using our app, which was very, very cool that on fantasy sites, when you're setting a lineup, you might see that the 49ers are a terrible matchup for wide receivers. I think they're listed at six worth, six worst. Yeah, there you go. But in fact, when you look at the, the points over average, they've been just average, even slightly worse than average. So this is not as terrible for Rondell Moore or even Christian Kirk as, as we initially think. Now, Kirk actually out-targeted and out snapped Rondell Moore last week. 
in in the Andrew Hopkins limited performance. So I don't know how how that's gonna go, especially if we do not get Kyler Murray, which is is very difficult to project. I've been projecting all my matchups and lineups, assuming Kyler Murray is not gonna play. So I've been pivoting away from Kyler Murray. If he does play, I will start him because the 49ers are a good match for for QBs as well. If he doesn't play, it, it gets very really tough. And I think the wide receivers are still startable to some degree. But who to start is it's is your guess is as good as mine, probably, because they're pretty much even. Um yeah. Uh let's go to the next the backfield here. Because Cass, one of your best calls the offseason was you called James Conner being a great value uh at draft costs. Yes, sir. We assume now that there's going to be a little bit of a upgrade in volume for both Connor and Edmonds with the struggling uh, of Kyler Murray to run with this injury. How do you feel about this backfield in this game uh, against the Niners? Yes, you have an optic in, in, in volume, but you also have uh, more concentration of defense in the running game because they do not fear the QB as much if it's a backup QB. So for someone like Connor, where his value lies in, in just pure rushing because he doesn't get a lot of receiving work, that makes things harder for him, especially in the red zone when defenses can stack the box more often. And also that's where he gets most of his points with touchdowns. He's been great in the goal line in the red zone. He has been for years. Now he's being highlighted because his role mostly consists of these goal line carries. So I'm probably not starting Connor unless I have to. Edmonds, I do want to start, especially because of likely checkdowns. But it, there's this is not the week to start Connor confidently, in my opinion. Yeah, Connor, I think I agree with Cass, is definitely the more volatile option here with Kyler Murray if he's out because he's certainly way more uh, TD dependent. And if they don't get as many touchdown opportunities, then we might see James Connor. Uh, struggle a bit in this one uh you like you like Edmonds though yeah I mean Chase Edmonds is the definition of like a RB2 play every week flex play like he has he doesn't have the ginormous upside but he's gonna get rushes he's gonna get receptions like you play Chase Edmonds if you have him in your RB2 or flex spot let's go over to the 49er side uh I mean Jimmy G rushing rushing champion yeah, two rushing touchdowns last, last week. week. Uh, interesting. I called Brandon Ayuk a buy uh, this week in the buy low, sell high article. Um, I thought I, he played 88% of snaps last week. He led the team in targets. He led the team in, tar- the team in target percentage. And Debo Samuel popped up on the injury list. So the question of the questions of the questions is what do we expect out of this San Francisco offense? Um, Debo Samuel's a must play, even though the, it, it needs to be said that the Cardinals, even without JJ Watt, they've been the best defense in the league outside of the bills so far this year. So how much does that affect how you're looking at these guys? Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, Brendan Ayuk, really nobody else. How are you guys? George Kittle might play. If George Kittle plays, how does that affect the usage of these guys? Michael, what do you think? I'm very confused as to why I can't find any practice updates about George Kittle. Like, is he not practicing? But he's still expected to play apparently in Week Nine. I'll I'll look, but I haven't found it either. 
But, uh, I mean, you start Debo Samuel. He's a top five wide receiver at this point. Like, I don't care what anyone says. He was a limited practice participant this week. I mean, today. So, whatever. Like, I'm starting Debo Samuel. Elijah Mitchell as well. He has 300-yard games in his first five starts. The guy has been absolutely dynamic on the ground. He doesn't have a big pass-catching role, which certainly um, strikes fear into you. If he doesn't find the end zone, he could have a worse game or if he doesn't rush for 100 yards. But he's just been doing it at ease each game in what looks like difficult matchups too. Um, his One of his worst games actually was against Arizona last time they played. And he still put up 7.2 points, which isn't going to kill you. At this point, Elijah Mitchell is just a locked and loaded RB2 in my opinion because he just solidified that uh, that early down roll in that offense on a team that uses him well. They get him into space. He uses his speed. Like Elijah Mitchell is looking good in that offense. Uh, yeah, he's been he's been like legit good. Uh, yeah, like legit good. I, I can't find this. The, I can't find it either. His his op- he's open to play, but this it's not being reported that he has. And get Brandon practice. Ayuk out of here, Tim. Enough of Brandon Ayuk. Jeez, I can't quit you, Brandon. I don't. I wish shit. I'm not starting Brandon Ayuk, man. I wish I knew how to quit you, Brandon. He got eight and a half points. He's back. No. 88% of the snaps and leading the team in targets. The only reason I have Brandon Ayuk on my team is in case Debo Samuel got I hurt. I wish I knew how to quit you, Brandon. I would not be starting Brandon Ayuk. Um, what are your thoughts on these? I mean, for the Niners, it's very simple. You're starting you're starting Debo. You're starting Mitchell. And if Kittle plays, you're probably going to start Kittle because of the tight end landscape. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's no real reason to look yep. beyond yep. those obvious plays. I agree. <clears throat> Hard hitting analysis by the math magician himself. <laughs> Tim is really running. I mean, away what else is there to say? Yeah, let's... Tim loves that math magician nickname. I, I do I love it. I do have to say, I'll have to take the L on it. I John Mitchell, like uh, in my bust article last week, I said he probably couldn't maintain the usage. You got week seven. He got the exact same number of carries and the exact same number of uh, targets. So it was just a big fuck you to, to me. Basically, also, I took that personally. You could also take the L on uh, Sony Michelle cast. Don't worry. I got you. Uh, a lot of season left, bro. A lot of season left. <laughs> Titans at Rams, speaking of Sony Michelle. Oh, wait. It's Sunday night football on MSG. Uh, no King Henry. We got Tanny throwing two AJB. Whoa, uh, Stafford and Cup. Henderson, too. Cass is here, not Jason. How you doing, Cass Boo? <laughs> Cass Boo. Cass is my boo. That. Cass Boo. Start off good. I'll take that. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you started off real hot. I feel like you rhymed within the <laughs> rhyme. Like That was a complex rhyme scheme, but then you just lost it. Uh, you, you like, I saw your face. Like, you actually liked it, and it shook me. <laughs> um, well, the song was still shit, even though the lyrics were, were good. It's, you're just... You didn't even say M on MSG. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. I literally sang Sunday Night Football on MSG. No, you said NBC. I did not say NBC. Said no. I said MSG. Do you know why you can't tell if you did or not? Because you completely have lost the spirit of this skit. Fuck off. The spirit of skit is, is, is no more. Um, I, I, I forgot the fucking teams that are playing because I'm so distracted. The Rams <laughs> and the Titans. Rams. At the Rams. So I've, I found something interesting. Like, I... I Shout out to BrotoFantasy.com because there was an article I ran today, uh, Buy Low, Sell High. And one of the things on that article was a buy low. And we don't usually do this, but Clay Jones, one of our our extraordinary writers that we have on the squad, his buy low 
was not a player, but an entire Texans de- te- Titans defense and special teams. And look, it's very important to remember that defenses give up points. So you're not looking for the best defense when it comes to fantasy, right? Every defense is the Jalen Hurts of fantasy because you're not looking for the best defense. You're looking for the one that's going to do the most. And Tennessee right now is tied for 7th in total sacks, 4th in hurry percentage, 12th in pressure rate, 1st in overall pressures, tied for 4th in INTs, tied for 3rd in passes defended, and tied for 4th with 11 takeaways. The Tennessee defense has been a... They've been flying around. Now, they've been getting beat by big plays because of it, but they're a good play for the most part, but they're playing against a Rams team that is a bad matchup. I wouldn't recommend the Titans defense this week, but keep the Titans defense on your radar coming up after this week because they also have a, a soft schedule. I just wanted to shout out Clay for that one and mention it when we talk about the Titans. But let's go into something that's going to help us this week. Man, the first game without Derrick Henry. We're going to see what happens. We don't know if AP is going to play yet. Uh, we don't know the status of of who's going to take his place. Uh, Jeremy Jeremy McNichols looks like the guy who's going to get the most work at the moment. AP was signed. He fits that mold, kind of. So I would imagine AP plays. If he does play, like I'm starting him in one of my leagues because I, I, I'm desperate. So I'm not super against you starting him, but don't expect a lot. Um, and Jonathan Taylor, bro, I was legitimately... I, I ranked Jonathan Taylor number I one I was waiting week. for you to finish talking so I could say, hold up, we're about to watch an ADR Jonathan Taylor rushing touchdown. That's what we just watched. And that actually happened. But I didn't get to say it because you didn't stop talking. Fantastic. I'm upset. Well, that's what you get for not stopping talking for this entire podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm I, there yet. I'm about to watch it live. I got, John, it. I got Jonathan Taylor and, and uh, Scott Fishbowl, and I'm very happy uh, about that fact, that that's the case. Um, yeah, but... What were we talking about before before Jonathan Taylor went crazy? Oh, the Rams. The Rams are in a good matchup here. Um, Matt Stafford is the quarterback four overall. Cooper Cup is the wide receiver one overall. Over the last four weeks, Robert Woods has been the wide receiver nine overall. Daryl Henderson has been an absolute stud. And Van Jefferson has been coming along. And against the Titans defense that gives up yards, I don't see any reason why all those guys outside of Van Jefferson, although I think he's a desperation play i don't see why you are like not starting any of those guys Cass, why don't we start with you are, are do you agree oh i agree i mean I, i'll even go as far as, as saying i'm starting van jefferson in my flex with with a fairly good confidence level this week uh the titans are the second best matchup for wide receivers Boom. and van jefferson has been very high up there in with snap percentage and target percentage like even almost matching robert woods week in and week out. So that's something I do like to see, and especially this week. Um, I'm, I'm liking all three wide receiver options for the Rams. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I do think Van excellent. Jefferson um, has some flex appeal in this matchup as well. I think this is one of those matchups where I, I just I want to start the guys. Like, I want to start Cup. I want to start Stafford. I want to start Woods. I want to start even Higby, maybe, depending on your tight end um, situation. I want to start like Van Jefferson in the flex if I have to. I don't want to, but I don't hate it. And on the tight end side, like I want like I want to start AJ Brown, of course. He's AJB is looking like a beast again. Even against Jalen Ramsey, I'm starting him. I was gonna say, does that because they're they're gonna be locking in on him. Because Julio might play, he might not, you know it's Julio. Yeah. 
still, I'm I'm just I'm starting AJ Brown. He's he's been on a roll. He's looking healthy again. Um, and I I think this is a matchup where like I trust the tight. I think the Titans are a good team, and I trust them to not get absolutely dismantled by the Rams, which means they're likely to like they're gonna have to stay close and they're gonna have to do it through the air, in my opinion. So. Ryan Tannehill has also been a little hot over these past two weeks with over 20 fantasy points in each game. It's a bad matchup for him, but I don't really like many quarterback matchups this week. So I'd be willing to roll the dice with Tannehill in this one because I think this could be a matchup where it's bad on paper, but he has to throw a ton and he's a true value king. He's just, he's a good quarterback. Even in a bad matchup, I think he could, uh, he could put up some points. Interesting. Uh, you know, I have a I have the decision of Tanny versus Taysom Hill this week, and I think I'm going with Taysom Hill. But that, I uh, I don't blame you on that one. I dropped Carson once though, and Carson yeah, no, Wentz is it. is putting up a QB one performance as I expected. Um, all right, let's go over to the last game, Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football, baby. the Bears at the Steelers. Uh, the Bears. This is probably gonna be Justin Herbert's last. Game Khalil in a backfield. Herbert, Khalil yeah. Herbert's last game in a backfield by himself. Um, the Bears. The the Bears. Um, the Bears. It's it's. I don't know what to make of this offense. Last week, Matt Nagy wasn't there, and Justin Fields looked great on the ground, but Khalil Herbert didn't have a great game. The wide receivers continue to not have a great game. I uh, will readily admit that this week was finally the week I dropped. Aaron, uh, I mean, uh, Allen Robinson off my main team. Um, it, it officially happened. It went down. So, of course, that means, uh, you know, two touchdowns coming for Allen Robinson. Um, for sure. For sure, 100%. Uh, with that being said, Khalil Herbert is facing, this is this is a tough matchup, but he will be getting a bunch of volume. I like him in this game uh, to an, to an extent. He already did kind of run against Tampa Bay and now he's going against the Steelers. I think there's a there's there's room there. But besides Khalil Herbert, I mean maybe Cole Komet. I, I I can't think of a guy that I want to start outside Khalil Herbert. What do you think, Cass? I agree. I may consider starting uh Darnell Mooney because he's been getting some usage that Aaron Robinson hasn't, and the Steelers are not strongest against wide receivers, so if they want to make some progress and, and and actually do something, wide receiver may be the way to go. So I don't hate a Darnell Mooney play, but outside of that, yeah, I'm not, not happy starting anyone else. Yeah, Darnell Mooney has been the only even slightly consistent pass-catching option. Like He's at least been a flex play most weeks. <sighs> Yuck. Uh, let's go over to the other side on the Steelers side. Um, this is a game that has Deontay Johnson kind of written all over it to me. Uh, I think Najee he's gonna get the he's gonna get the work, but the Bears have been very good against the running back. The Bears have uh, been extremely good against the running back, particularly when you look at their points above average. The uh, points, I'm sorry, over average. Over average. Oh, Elijah Moore times two. I'm starting Elijah Moore in in, in a league that I need. I need these points. I'm very happy about this. Um, where was I? Oh, so it has Deontay Johnson written all over it. Najee will probably get the, the volume, but again, the bears have been a very good, uh, run defense. Not saying that Najee can succeed, but you know, I think it has Deontay Johnson written all over it. And of course, I think that Clay, Chase Claypool always has a chance 
uh, to go crazy. I'm always comfortable starting Chase Claypool because he does have a he has a decent floor. He has a decent floor with a potential blow up. So I'm I'm comfortable starting uh, Chase Claypool week in and week out. Um, that's who I'm starting though for the for the Steelers. I guess I can consider Pat Fryermuth. He had a good game last week. This is a good matchup for tight ends. Uh, Michael, it's not. It's, it's, a, it's not. awful, awful matchup for tight ends. Uh, <laughs> you're right. It's the opposite. It's the awful. So it that's the worst. That's seconds. why I didn't put any notes about Pat Fryermuth. That makes sense. So I don't want Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth. 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 Uh, to. To play. With that being said, he has back-to-back games with seven targets. Without Juju, he's put up 9.3 and 12.4. I'm just chasing it, and I'm starting Firemuth if I need to because that's how bad the uh, the tight end landscape is. And he's just been – he's an athletic guy. I, uh, Jason, call him Baby Gronk. I'm a, I would start him. I have him as a low-end tight end option this week. Cass? Desperation played at tight end. If you can't find anyone else – He's maybe decent, but avoid if possible. No, I think I don't think you guys are giving him enough credit. But uh, Chase Claypool, like, yeah, I start him every week comfortably. Go Chase Claypool, because for, for whatever reason you like Chase Claypool this year. He was one of my biggest fades. He has eight and a half, eight point two, fourteen, twenty-two, two point seven, eight. Four of his six games and an injured game in there. He's had eight point five or less. It's a decent matchup against Chicago, so you're likely starting him. But at this point, he's a wide receiver three flex play unless something changes because Ben Roethlisberger has also been atrocious. Ben Roethlisberger has just completely fell face first into the ground this year. Like, he doesn't have a single fantasy game over 16.02 points. That's disgustingly trash. Like, that's just straight up this guy is done for type numbers. That That is ugly. Yeah, so obviously you're not starting Ben Roethlisberger either. And and Najee, what do you guys think about yeah, Najee? Do you agree with me? Like, like, yes, he's a good play, of course. He's Najee, but just cap expectations? I don't know. If he gets another 25 to 30 touches, I don't think it will matter. This is absurd. Against Seattle, 24 rush attempts, yeah. 7 targets. Against Cleveland, 26 rush attempts, 3 targets. Against Denver, 23 rush attempts, 5 targets. That is three straight games with at least 28 opportunities for Najee Harris. That's just I don't it doesn't matter what your matchup is. If you're getting twenty eight opportunities, you literally could be Peyton Barber and you'll end up being an RB one probably. Like Najee Harris is the highest floor of any player in the league at this point. Yeah, Oof, yeah you're starting him for sure. Yeah, like twenty eight touches, you're you're gonna something good is gonna happen. Um all right. That's it. We did it. We made it through the whole slate. Uh don't forget BrotoFantasy.com is the hub. The Fantasy Football by Broto app is where you could find us. Cass, where could they find you? You can find me, uh, Broto FF Casanova. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's my ad. <laughs> find me on Twitter, Broto FF Casanova. I'm sorry, I had a, a mental space right there. Uh, Cut me unprepared. Cass, you're 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 good at this part. I must say, um, Michael <laughs> at Broto FF Mike. At BrotoFF Tim is where you can find me. At BrotoFF Jason is where you can find Jason. Psh, see what we did there? Branding. At Broto Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. And shout out to every one of our patrons. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. You guys keep the lights on. Thank you very much for that. With that being said, we will see you on Monday.
for the recap episode. We'll also see you in the Discord if you're one of the patrons or on Twitter. Uh, if you want to talk to us and get our advice, you can get our start sit advice, of course, on Twitter every Sunday and also on the Brodo Fan- the Fantasy Football by Brodo app where you get not only our percentages of who's going to be better, but also the explanation behind it with matchup rating and defense rating and player rating. With that being said, uh, we are out. Cass, thanks for joining us, man. Always a pleasure, bro. It's my pleasure, man. Love it. Let's do it. Later. Later.